We've been in this series on, uh, or started this series last week on one another. It's the understanding of how we love each other and relate to each other. And as we go through these particular ones, there are some that I can't wait to preach because it's going to be great. It's going to encourage us. And there's some of them that is going to make us kind of rip some scabs off, you know, and deal with some other issues in life. And today we are going to speak about what I think is one of the most difficult things in our lives growing up. Um, and that is the issue of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a difficult thing for us as fallen humans to deal with, but we know it's absolutely important. I, I read one time, uh, you've heard the saying, it says, to err is human, but to forgive is divine. But that was not what it said on the subway station. It said, to err is human, to forgive is to err twice. Uh, because that's how the world perceives weakness, you know, that you would forgive and be heard again. And so uh, I want to talk about that today. You know, our world speaks to us that forgiveness is something weak. In fact, we see, we see a lack of forgiveness on TV so much. In fact, they shape our view of our political leaders. Our, our political ads are chock full of unforgiveness, right, and shame and slander so that you might look at this person better you might look at that person and so our, our world is is okay with unforgiveness it, it uses that to its own um uh i guess function but that's not how you and i are we're to operate at a greater capacity and so my heart today is just to look into that and see what the lord has asked us to do in terms of forgiveness will you pray with me father forgiveness it's something that must only come from you. We don't have the strength it takes. Even within our marriages, Lord, the person that we love the most, God, it still takes you. It still takes your love overwhelming us. And that's what it, that's what it really is. That you have to overwhelm this vessel so that your desire... And that your plan will be held and be had in every relationship. And so, God, I pray that as we dig into your word about forgiveness, God, I ask that you do a real work. And, and not just something that makes us feel like we're, we check the box, we're doing this, we're doing that, okay. Not just a practical thing, but Holy Spirit, you search the hearts of men today. Because you know if there's anything inside of us. In the matter of unforgiveness, you know how problematic that is. And so I know you to be a loving God that will not allow us to rest and to turn a blind eye or put things in the peripheral of our, of our life so that we can continue on. But Lord, I pray anything that's not like you, oh God, shine the light of God upon it. Deal with it now, Lord, that we might walk in a wholeness and in a truth unfettered by the weights of this world. We ask it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Paul says both to the church of Ephesus and Colossus very clearly what we are to do as a church, as a believer. And he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. 
Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another or enduring, striving. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. We see that comparative word as. God doesn't just tell us what to do. He shows us how to do it as, as. What way? What is, what is God uh, uh, comparing our walk or our reactions to people offending us? He says, as Christ has forgiven you. That's a big thing because Christ forgave in a big, massive, major way. And so what I want you to understand is that in as much as forgiveness is something that's very practical and horizontal between you and I, it is very much supernatural. Forgiveness is supernatural and natural, both theoretical and practical. It's not only believing one thing, but in fact, it's also to act on that belief. It's important that we put that to the test by our actions. I've shared with you before some challenges that I've had with my dad in the past and forgiveness. And, uh, I, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, my dad passed away a few months ago and and I found myself this week still having to walk through processes in life. You know, can I just give you an encouraging word? I don't know that forgiveness is ever something you entirely have <laughs> on this side of the earth. Uh, I think that to some degree, I'm thankful that there's still a thorn in my side that keeps me humble. That reminds me of what grace is. Um, and one day when I see Christ face to face... I'll know what complete release is, but until then, I'm reminded by the offenses of other people how I, too, have also offended, whether it was directly or indirectly. But the book that God really used to walk me through a, uh, a couple of difficult seasons of my life, I want to walk through today, and that is the book of Philemon. Many of you have maybe read it before. It's a very short, one-chapter book. We'll not read it this morning, just for the sake of time, but... Um, I'll give you just a synopsis of it. You should know that Philemon is a well-to-do individual. He has a slave called Onesimus, and, um, and he has ran away. He has sought Paul, ran into Paul. Paul led him to Christ, returns the slave back to Philemon, and here is the context of the story. Um, you should know that during this time when Paul wrote this book, that slavery was a universal practice uh, in the height of the Roman Empire, and there were times we had indentured servants. Indentured servants, because of the, the tax policies of the day, people couldn't pay their taxes, and so they sold themselves into slavery. They were many times, um, uh, you know, uh, workers in the field, or they could be musicians or painters or architects, whatever it might have been, but they sold themselves into a lifelong slavery. They went into a contract. And so here is Onesimus. I'm not sure as to what kind of slave he might be. I just know that he is indebted to Philemon the rest of his life as being his master. And here's some highlights of the story that I want to, I kind of just want to touch on for context today. That number one, Philemon was an influential and wealthy person, uh, and that Onesimus was his slave, that church uh, that Paul established met in Philemon's home. And in fact, Philemon was a, uh, a person who would refresh the people who would pass through. He would, he would allow them to rest and feed them and, and store them up. So he was building the church with Paul. Uh, Paul actually led Philemon to uh, Christ. And Onesimus, as he ran away, he found Paul. He was converted uh, under Paul's leadership and served Paul while Paul was in chains. And he then returned upon the counsel of Paul 
which was a huge thing because if you're a slave and you're returning back to your master, the penalty can be death, depending on what you did. But seeing how he ran away, he costed Philemon uh, money because he had to pay for another slave to fill his spot. He, it was a long journey. No doubt he took some rations or some portions with him to survive the long journey. And he broke contract with Philemon, which was usually a, a sign, uh, uh, usually an act of death for the slave. And so Paul is sending uh, the slave back, Onesimus back, saying, he's not the same. I want you to take him back. I know that he did you wrong, but just trust me, the way he left is not the way he's returning. And so Paul can very easily appeal to Philemon and say, listen, as I send him back to you, I have the apostolic authority to command you. Because if you're going to submit to the spiritual authority, I am that. But I don't appeal to you in that way. Notice what he says in verse 8. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. Did you catch that? Yet for love's sake I, appeal to, uh, I prefer to appeal to you. So Paul could have used his spiritual authority here, but he's saying for love's sake. Remember, Philemon, for love's sake, I'm asking you to receive him again.